episode of Let's Talk Deer, brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors, owned by Mr. John O'Brien. John's a Midwestern guy. He's around the Minnesota, Wisconsin area. He's been an agronomist uh, for over 29 years. So he knows seed, he knows soil, and he knows what white-tailed deer need. John has a large seed company, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, but also he's in educating. He's one of the best educators seminar platform speaker uh, communicator for soil water and cover the soil brings the food the water hydrates and the cover keeps them safe so that's what whitetail needs so any questions at all about seed go to grandparayoutdoors.com let's talk deer does receive compensation from grandpa ray outdoors for mentioning him on my show on today's show, we're going to head to the Midwest, and we're going to talk to Evan Gersper from Ohio. And uh, he was on um, my other podcast a couple of years back, and he reached out to me and said, "Hey, I've got I'm doing some new things. I'm doing some writing, and uh, I'm linked up with American Outdoor Revolution magazine, as well as let everybody know about Rustic." Barn Outdoors. Evan, welcome to the show, and I can't wait to find out what the heck you're doing. Thanks for having me. It's, you know, there's there's been a lot going on. Um, I got linked up with uh, American Outdoor Revolution uh, basically because of you. Uh, you had mentioned getting a, a blog of my own, and we were in the progress of starting that, and it, it just you know, kind of fell through with the website building and everything else. And uh, and then a buddy of mine recommended uh, contacting this magazine that he had seen. And so I, I contacted them and they, they brought me on board as a writer. My first issue was published in May of 2019. So um, I've kind of been writing for them since January of 2019. And they just released a uh, in the fall, uh, Rustic Barn Outdoors, which is an all women's outdoor magazine. And it features uh, some some very powerful women in the industry, like Bianca Jane, uh, Angie Cokes, you have Faith Janik, uh, Misty Burns is also featured in there. She's the magazine uh, publisher. She's the one that designs the layout of the magazine. She designs all the ads that go into the magazine. And Faith Janik is actually our, our editor as well. So there's there's some pretty pretty strong-willed women that are, are working on the magazine. And to read the stories and get the knowledge and stuff like that, it's absolutely amazing. And it's, you know, it's very respectful to finally see somebody that had the idea to put together an all-women's magazine of women that are very passionate about the outdoors. Uh, they know what they're doing out in the outdoors. They're going out every year and killing bigger deer than most men that I know out in the outdoors. You know, it's just, it's nice to see there's role models out there in the outdoors for my daughter to look up to and follow. And, and she enjoys reading the magazine as well. So it's, uh, she's only eight, but, you know, she, she enjoys seeing these people like Angie Cokes and Bianca Jane out there doing what they do. And Bianca Jane has her humble hunt, so. Yeah, and Bianca's been on the on the show a number of times, and we spent some time at uh, a recent ATA show. And so um, she's a great lady. She's got a great story. And if you never listened to to, and if 
if you want to listen to her backstory, just look up Bianca Jane, her humble hunt, uh, and Google it, and it'll show up. Um, and go ahead and listen to those um, prior podcasts. You're a writer. What types of things are you submitting to American Outdoor Revolution? Uh, well, it's kind of been an array of things. Uh, currently, I'm working. Well, I just submitted an article about coyote hunting because uh, right now is the breeding season. Um, so this, this is typically typically my most successful time of year as far as calling here in Ohio. Uh, I haven't really gone out west a whole lot for coyotes. Uh, I've done it a little bit uh, on trips to Arizona. Um, I write about uh, deer hunting here in Ohio, the difference between, you know, uh, ground blind hunting. My daughter's eight, so we do a lot of ground blind hunting, difference in tree stand hunting, uh, the different things that you can do uh, as far as mock scrapes. Um, I use a, an attractant dispenser called Scent Step Dispenser. Uh, I've actually had deer follow me into the tree stand. Um, so, you know, I, I write about things like that, uh, where to place your stand, uh, where to hang your trail cameras for scouting season throughout the summer, um, what to pay attention to, what to stay away from, that kind of thing. Uh, turkey season, turkey season's coming up, so I'll have some turkey articles. Uh, last year around this time, I submitted an article. Um, a lot of people are spending $150 on a decoy, and I just refurbished my, my old $10 rubber decoy. You know, I hand painted it, and it, it came out looking pretty good. Uh, so I, I give tips like that, you know, instead of going to spend all the money on some of this big name camouflage that rips up in a year or two and you're spending 350 to $600 on camo every two years, it's, I'm a working guy, so I, I don't have enough money to spend on that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I do wear treason and treasons, it's not necessarily cheap but i've been wearing it a while and it's definitely outlasted the other camos that i've used on the market so i, I like my trees in as well uh so i kind of promote the products that i i like like ram cap rod heads um obviously the trees in i use no scent for a scent elimination spray um my scent crusher bag i absolutely love my scent crusher bag so i promote that uh, i do a lot of product review stuff as well um, Currently, um, as a matter of fact, I just got the package in the mail for DTO optics, so I'll be using those optics. I'm I'm putting those up against some Bushnell optics. I got a pair of Swarovski that I'm putting them up against, and Nikon, and uh, I think there was one other one, uh, Vortex Vortex optics. So, you know, I got a I got a couple different things going on as far as what I write about. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy. So I try to put my input in where people can either save money, get their best money for their buck, uh, without breaking the bank, you know, and still having enough money to support your family and make sure your kids have enough to get into the outdoors and whatnot too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy. And we do, you know, every season I just have to have X and, I probably really don't need that, but you know, that's 
the way it works, and that's what marketing is. And, you know, it's interesting what you said about camo. There's lots and lots of camo companies out there, and some are uber expensive, and some are, you know, um, you can buy them in Walmart. And um, they all have a place, I guess, the camel companies I know, they all have a place in the, in the market, and so you just have to find something that's going to work for you. It's going to be at the price point you can afford, and it's going to last because the functionality and and the stuff I have uh, in my bins, it's old. I mean, it's like probably 10 years old, and I hunt right. 30, 40, 50 days, days a season in all sorts of weather, and, um, you know, I take care of it. Uh, but it, it's still in the bin and it still works. Now, I don't even know if that company, I don't think that company is still in business anymore. And, um, you know, but their stuff still works. And, right. and, and you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, well, try this. And some other people uh, have given me some product and I still have their product. Uh, but everybody wants your dollars i guess that's the way i say it. so you have to be right, you have right. to do your research i think what you brought up is a good point you know do your research find out where price point it is and you know i go back and i mention these guys all the time benoit brothers up in uh maine hunted in red plaid yeah and they were extraordinary successful whitetail hunters they're iconic and they hunted in red plaid. Um, the frontiersmen who hunted elk and deer and, and the trappers and everything, they wore leather, you know. Um, right. You know, and so camo, you know, came out. I remember the first camo was hand-me-down from Vietnam, um, camo, the leopard stripe or whatever it was. And, you know, the industry's going. But there's, I think my personal thing is if you keep one, you're clean. You don't right. smell like you're in the bar all night. It's not bad if you're in the barn, but in the bar all night, it's not going to work with the smoke and all that. You know, it just right. enhances that. So you want to be clean, wear rubber boots, and have clothing that's not going to, um, like jeans. I remember the first time I was ever on, you know, I had blue jeans on. That's the worst possible thing you can have for hunting whitetails. The worst. They're not warm. They're noisy. They're uncomfortable. You know, a lot of elk have been killed with guys wearing blue jeans. I get that. But we're talking whitetail here. And, you know, I soon, soon learned that wool was my friend. Yeah. And wool will keep you warm when it's wet, too, though. So. Yeah. And it's quiet. Yeah. That's why the, that's why the Army uses it quite a bit. They use it in a lot of different aspects yeah and so you have to you have to kind of unpack things and say okay what's my budget how can i afford what can i afford um you know there's plenty of pro staffs out there you know um that if you do have following you can get deals and stuff like that and um you know so put your thinking cap on when it comes to uh camel i don't know how i got off on that little rant but i did so the show's about you. It's not about me. <laughs> so, so you're writing articles, and but you also mentioned to me in the warm up that you're doing some work with disabled veterans. Tell us about that. Well, when I was on full draw adrenaline outdoors, 
uh, we, we were featured on the Hunt Channel, and uh, I reached out to a, a foundation I seen in my news feed on Facebook that it said Sportsman for Heroes Foundation. So I started checking out the page, and uh, one thing last one thing led to another where I messaged them, asked basically asking what I can do to help. And I'm a wounded veteran myself, so it's uh that kind of stuff hits a little bit close to home to me. And you know, just hanging out with a, a group of vets for a few days or a week out in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, and enjoying the company in the evening around a campfire or whatever, it, it's therapeutic as well. So it's uh, it, a lot of people don't really get that vets coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan, they're Typically, especially if they have more more tours than one, they don't really feel comfortable back here in the U.S. So when you are thrown back home into civilian life, you lose that camaraderie, that support that you had on active duty. And, you know, to be able to hang out with these other vets and see the success stories and be a part of that success story of their transition back into normal everyday civilian life is it's absolutely phenomenal, and I met some great, great friends. Um, actually, I had uh, uh, Chris Voros out and uh, Travis Gover. They came out on one of my turkey hunts, and ever since they've been back out. Uh, Chris comes out a couple times a year with his girls. His oldest, uh, Audrey, shot her first deer with me and him out in Ohio. They can't hunt in New York till they're 12. Uh, so they, she actually shot two turkeys this year in the spring during the youth hunt, and you know they're just they're just having fun. They come out, and it's Chris and I get that sense of normalcy while we're together, and you know that that comfortable companionship that we get while we're out there and spending time with the kids, and it, it's it's just a therapeutic thing. And I've been out to Arizona with Sonny Tapia, the founder of Sportsman for Heroes Foundation. I filmed bear hunts out there. I've done the elk hunts out there. And, you know, it's uh, just being able to run the video camera for me is therapeutic and watching the smile on these guys' face and watching them when they first get there. Because, I, I mean, I, it's funny because I'm the same way. So I notice I notice probably a little bit more than other people do. And, and when these vets get there and when I get there, we're a little bit more standoffish. There's, there's kind of a wall there. And as we get comfortable with people and start to trust people and these guides and the people that are volunteering their time to be there, and, you know, we get a little bit more talkative and share a little bit more and share a little bit more and share a little bit more. And uh, one of the one of the other people with the foundation as a board member is uh, Shane Tunnel. And Shane's been absolutely amazing. He's become like a brother to me, uh, same as Sonny. And... The other foundation that I work with is Waterfowlers for Warriors, and they're based out of the Saginaw Bay area up in Michigan, and they do this huge week-long Saginaw Bay duck hunt in the first week of November every year, and uh, the whole town gets together. They got American flags on the boats as they're going out, you know, into the bay and out onto the lake and getting ready to go hunt. And these guys, though, it's, it's such a tight-knit group. Of, of people they have uh several veterans that you know had been there for me when i was in a, a a down and out way and i i like to think that i've been there for several other vets when they've been in a down and out way and, uh scott klein is the 
the PA chapter president, and they're based out of the Cockrington, um, Meadville area, PA. And, I mean, he's he's absolutely amazing. They have a trout camp in the spring. It's about the same time as my turkey hunt. So I typically, I try to do both and, and get out there. I was able to spend the whole weekend, get off work this last, this past year in 2019. And just to hang out with the different veterans that they got out there and, and get to see the smiling faces when we're reeling in and those, uh, those big trout and the everybody's in that competition to get those palominos that they have out there and you know it, it's just a good time it's it, it's relaxing it gives us that sense of peace and normalcy and that that camaraderie that we strive to have and it, it's just the therapeutic uh, the ther therapy behind it excuse me so you have a lot of memories a lot of photos that are taken and it's just you know it, that's my therapy is is working with these foundations like that well thank you for your service and and i'm happy that you know you're finding places where you can you can um invest and nurture and help all the guys and gals that um it isn't so easy because we know it, you know we have a serious issue in this country for veterans returning and um the stats aren't good and so if we can every month if we could save one person um that would be a good thing that's very true now what about your daughter why is she such a huntress what, what's up with that uh to be honest i don't i don't really know i mean she was she was a preemie and she was two pounds four ounces when she was born and it, it just, I always watched hunting shows when I was sitting with her, cuddling with her on the couch or whatever, feeding her. And uh, it got to the point where when she was little, that's all she wanted to watch was hunting shows. It's the only thing that had her intrigued sitting in front of the TV. If I turned cartoons on, she'd start getting busy and start getting into things. If I turned hunting on, she, her face would be glued to the TV. She just liked seeing the animals, I guess. I don't know. And then when it, she got old enough, to the point where I could start taking her out shed hunting. Uh, I think I started taking her about two years old, um, shed hunting and going out and teaching her, you know, what the deer scat looks like, the deer tracks, the coyote tracks, uh, turkey tracks. Uh, we'd go watch the geese and scout the geese in, in the early season and throughout the season and that kind of stuff. And, and then it turned into a game when we're driving down the road, who sees the the most deer before we get to where we're going has to you know wins and whoever loses has to buy ice cream you know that kind of thing and uh I, ju I just tried to do what i could with her and if she started to get to the point where she she looked like she was losing interest we just went home uh, i didn't try to push her too hard um and she found her first shed i want to say she was about four years old so it's uh it's just kind of been she's had those events that have fed that passion i guess now if somebody wants to reach out to you um i'm thinking of um, somebody um, that's come back from um, afghanistan or iraq and they want to reach out to you how what's the best way to reach you evan uh the best way to reach me is probably my email and that's evan dot aor consulting at gmail.com or you guys can, i mean feel free to call me 
if I'm at work, it's a little bit easier for me to text or or uh, email, but it's 440-622-4473. All right. So reach out to Evan if if you're a guy or a gal out there that, you know, would like to somebody that understands what the heck you're going through. Uh, please reach out to him. Uh, I've done some work with some um, veterans, but, uh, you know, I was in the United States Coast Guard a long time ago, folks, so it's completely different, you know, today than back in my day. So, you know, reach out, and there is help, but reach out for it and, and find somebody you're comfortable with and, and have that discussion. When you think about um, writing articles and being a communicator, what's what's the most important thing you would share with somebody if they came up to you at a show and said, hey, I, I want to do what you're doing, what would you tell them? Uh, I'd have to say the, the biggest thing is just, you know, as you're sitting there, if an idea pops into your head, write it down. Um, I lose a lot of ideas while I'm at work because I don't have the opportunity to write them down, you know, and then I try to think at the end of the day and I'm like, man, there, I had a great idea for an article. And I can't remember what it was. So not, I, I carry, I carry a notebook with me now so I can, I can jot those ideas down. Um, there, there's been a, there's been a big push on pro staff. There's a lot of companies looking for field and field staff and pro staff, and you know, jump on those if you can. Uh, try to get into involved in those and try to learn as much about the industry as possible because it's going to help you one as a writer. Uh, it's going to help you relate to the people that are going to be reading your articles. Um, Worst case scenario, if, if you don't have the opportunity to do that kind of stuff, just start joining groups on Facebook and share your stories there. And it doesn't have to be real long. It could be a nice three, four, or five paragraph story. Uh, people just like to read the stories from everyday blue collar people. They don't seem to relate to these celebrity writers that are writing about you know their, their big game draws that cost uh, $27,000, you know, and, and stuff like that. Cause we don't have the money to spend on that stuff. But, uh, when you're reading an article about, uh, say, you know, an everyday guy that you work with that, you know, went out and put the time in, found a big buck, uh, walking through the woods, uh, got him pattern early in the season, had an opportunity and missed, you know, or had the opportunity and got it, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's, Nice to see those stories. I mean, there's been a lot of big deer taken out of Ohio and Ashtabula County, Ohio specifically. And uh, huge I'm fortunate deer. Enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm fortunate enough that I, I've seen some 200 inches, you know, and I just haven't been able to seal the deal. But I also have, you know, friends and family that have been able to seal the deal. So you, uh, the deer that Rick Hildebrand killed. Uh, back in 2002 was 206 and three eighths inches, 16 points, you know, and I'd seen that deer a week before, just couldn't get the shot, you know, and to see somebody that I know kill that deer, it's a, that should put a smile on your face, you know, so to be able to, when you're, when you're thinking about writing, you want to share those emotions that go through you, you know, you want to have, you want to channel that into your writing and, as long as you're passionate about what you're writing about, I think I don't think there's going to be an issue with that. I think people are going to enjoy it when they read it. It's going to be a good read. Yeah, shout out for Ohio Bucks. Um, Mark Hammer was a um, 
a guest on my show when he killed the hammer buck, and that was a, what two ten, two twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to say it was about two two fourteen, if I remember right. Yeah, it was right, and it was yeah, a, a suburban a buck. Too. It was a yeah. suburban buck too. That was it. So you know, if you if you want to find out about big bucks in Ohio, they got them, and and just Google, you know. Ohio big two hundred inch bucks, and I know for sure Mark Hammer will come up because he was on my show. But uh, yeah, it's I've only seen I've seen one two hundred inch buck up in Saskatchewan, no shot, and then I saw one in uh, Buffalo County, and uh, during gun season, and he jumped across the road, jumped across the fence, and ran away so again you know i just watched him with my draw dropping you know from the road i pulled over him <laughs> you know it's all private land you know where he keep where he came out of i had been hunting and he came out of the top and somebody had driven the bottom he came out the top and and um right by a guy's house actually between the house and a barn ran between yep. those ran across the road jumped the fence and he was on private property again but he, he just you know, you you see a buck that big, it's just majestic. It's jaw dropping, oh, yeah. really. Oh, oh, it is. And the one thing I can honestly say about those deer too is, pictures never do those deer justice. They never do those deer justice at all. Yeah, how I, you know, it just I I agree with that. Good point. Good point. When you think about your career and what you're doing, where do you want it to go? Where do you want it to take you? Uh, since I've been a little kid, I mean, I remember watching Jackie Bushman and Bill Jordan on the on TV on the Outdoor Channel, and you know, it's uh, eventually that's where I would like it to go. Like I said, I've been featured on on the on the Hunt Channel, and I was a host of the Full Draw Adrenaline Outdoors, and I mean, I've been there, but that's that's where my passion is. Um, so eventually, I would like to be able to do this for a living, kind of thing, do the writing for a living, and you know, maybe some consulting work in the outdoor industry. And I, I think, as far as it goes right now, I'm building those relationships, and it, obviously, it doesn't happen overnight. But um, you know, when you're as passionate about things as other people, and you have that 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 community there. And people see that. I think it. I think it works pretty good. Yeah, I would agree to that. And um, have you joined POMA, Professional Outdoor Media Association, yet, or Southeast uh, Outdoor Professional Association? No, I have not. Well, I should. Yes, you should. I was going to sugarcoat it and said no. If you're going to be in the industry, um, I just. Uh, uh, Lisa Snugs get a hold of me today and said, "Hey, you know, here's what we're doing. We understand you're doing that. You know, we'd love to have you as a member." And so, you know, I signed up. And Poma Professional Outdoor Media Association been around a long time, and um, they do a great job of representing the the media folks in the outdoor industry. So, if you're going to be in the game, um, you know, support the game at least become you know a, a media member and pay the money you know go to the national conference uh, and uh, you know be part of our industry because you have a strong voice you really do and 
I'm proud of you know team that you're still you know you're still crawling up the mountain like the rest of us because nobody makes you know you might make to the mountain. I think if a guy hits a home run, it says, okay, that's the top, and then he goes 0 for 15 the next the next 15 times to the plate. So, you know, you get those you get those one shots. It's like, you know, maybe we'll have a, one time in our whole life to shoot a 200-inch steer. Maybe. Right. right. So it's, uh, you know, when you, when you think about that, though, it's uh, if you're passionate about it, it's it's not work to me, you know. So writing these articles, like I like I, we mentioned before, I don't get paid for it, but it's something that I enjoy to do, and it's it, it doesn't feel like work when I'm writing. I just I just write down the story and I proofread it, and then I make adjustments, and I, I enjoy every aspect of it. And if you would have asked me when I was a kid if I wanted to be a writer, my answer would have been heck no, you know. But uh, growing up in, in the outdoor industry and trying to look at things and read the articles, read the magazines and, and watch the shows and try to learn as much as I could. Uh, one of the things I noticed is I was journaling anyway. You know, I'm, I'm keeping notes on what was successful, what what wasn't successful, uh, what the pattern was one day, what the pattern was a week later, you know, for deer, uh, turkey are the same. They'll root, they tend to roost a different place in the spring than they do in the fall. Um, so trying to trying to mark those down, it, you're basically writing articles anyway with tips. You might as well share it with people. You know, as much as you learn through your experience, there's going to be somebody else out there that you're going to be able to connect with through social media or whatever else that they're going to be able to share ideas with you that maybe you haven't thought to try or uh, maybe something you did was successful for them, but it wasn't for you and then you'll try to put one and one together and find out why it was successful for them and it wasn't for you and, and vice versa. Let's share some uh, whitetail tips right now. Uh, what are you your go-to techniques um, early in the fall, during the rut, and then post-rut? Early in the fall, uh, our, our season opens last weekend, September, so I try to concentrate more on food and water at that point in time. And if I'm it, it depends on if, I, if I'm with a youth hunter, I, I just want them to see deer, so I kind of concentrate more towards the food. Uh, if I'm looking for a buck myself, I kind of concentrate more towards the water and the cover and stuff like that. Um, so I'll, I'll try to pattern these deer, though. Uh, I'll pick my daughter up. She gets out of school at 2, and I get off work at 4. By the time I, I get to her and pick her up, we'll go sit in the car somewhere overlooking a field and We'll, we'll just glass and watch and see what's coming out into the field in the evenings throughout the summer and see, you know, what the how well the bucks are growing, uh, how well the fawns are growing, um, and and try to keep track that way. We'll be able to pinpoint which trails they're coming in and out of the field on, you know, just through glassing. Uh, a big tool that I use for new properties early in the fall is I'll use Onyx Hunt. And, I, you know, they have the topo layers, they have the the different layers for the maps and, and whatnot. You get to see the landowners. So if you're looking for new property, that's a good tool as well. Um, but typically you can see those pinch points where the deer are going to be funneling into the openings that you can see on the map. And I, I try to make, you know, save the waypoints there on my hunting properties, that kind of stuff, and try to figure out 
where I want to place my trail cameras through the spring, summer, and early fall, and then uh, getting into late October, middle to late October, and then I start concentrating on where are the does? Are there acorns dropping? Uh, are there apple trees local? Are there corn or soybean fields local, hay fields? Um, I, I noticed the last few years, one of the, the one of the big crops the deer seem to really love is actually pumpkin patches. So there's a there's a block I hunt that it, it's a small suburban block, but it seems like they rotate the fields and whichever field has the pumpkins in it, that's where the higher concentration of deer are. So that's a when when the ruts hit and that's where I kind of concentrate too because the do, the does are still going to be feeding. Uh, the bucks aren't going to be concentrating more on feeding. They're going to be concentrating more on chasing the does and uh, trying to get water to replenish you know replenish what they're losing. Uh, if they feed, it's going to be just grazing here and there as they're as they're moving through the woods. I've seen them you know, pick up a couple apples and then go, and that's it. That's about it during the rut and the pre-rut. Um, as we start getting into the post-rut around Thanksgiving, uh, early December, and the bucks are starting to eat more, so I'll concentrate back on food. Uh, if there's an open food source, as it starts to get colder throughout the winter, they're going to be trying to stock back up what they've lost during the rut and try to, you know, gain that weight back up to be able to survive the winters up here in northeast Ohio through our lake effect snow and everything else. So um, after that, it's early muzzleloader season in January, and uh, then our bow season goes all the way to the first weekend in February. So our bow season just went out. I actually was fortunate enough to uh, close a deal on a nice eight point this year. Uh, I think I shot him on January 17th. And my buddy on the nineteenth or twentieth shot a hundred and thirty inch uh ten point so um those late season deer are fun to hunt, they're hard to hunt, but they're fun to hunt, you know they're weary, they've been shot at all year, they've been hunted hard all year, and it it's it, it's a fun time though I like getting out there in the cold with the bow and and trying to seal the deal. Well, Evan, I've really been uh, appreciative of having you back on the show. Uh, any final thoughts for our guest? Uh, really, right now, it's uh, just make sure you check out American Outdoor Revolution magazine, uh, Rustic Barn Outdoors magazine. Uh, we definitely want to hear the inputs from our readers, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we want the feedback. Uh, feel free to message us on Facebook um, and send us an email. Uh, a lot of the writers put an email address at the end of the article. I know I do. Uh, I, I want to hear from my readers. I want I want to know what you guys want to read about, what you guys want to hear, what I can help you with. Uh, you know, if there's tips you're looking for to help you be successful in the outdoors, I want to I want to be able to do that. Like that's that's what I'm passionate about. Uh, and don't forget to check out Sportsman for Heroes Foundation and. Uh, waterfowlers for warriors and see how you can help either volunteer or uh, maybe attend one of the banquets or you know maybe even just guide a hunt well with that we'll end this segment of let's talk deer brought to you by grandpa ray outdoors thanks so much evan hey you stay in touch and i want to hear from you 
Oh, thank you very much. And you do the same. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, I'll probably drop you a text at least on, on Thursday or Friday to see how you're yeah, feeling. Yeah, the 27th. Well, how about the 28th? I'll probably be pretty groggy on the 27th. Yeah, I, I'm thinking the 30, the Thursday you'll probably be pretty uh, pretty out of it. But I'll, yeah. like I said, Thursday or Friday, I'll probably drop a text at least and see if you're Yeah, I'll call me. You doing. got my number. You got my number. Call me. That'll work. If I call you, it'll probably be over the weekend. That way That'd be uh, fine. I'll give you a couple of days to, re to recuperate. Appreciate yeah, it, Yeah, I'll man. be praying for it as well. Okay. Thank you, sir. Good night. All right. Thank you. You too. Good night. This is a notice from Bruce Hutchin, host of Let's Talk Deer. Let's Talk Deer receives compensation from Grandpa Ray Outdoors for podcast and Facebook Live and the other, other communication I utilize on social media.